to the Cocoa Pop podcast. Hey, well, partially, right? We got part of the group here. We're missing one of our sisters. I know. It's so sad. Caitlin is super duper busy. I mean, she's she's very uh, high powered lady, so yes, we'll forgive her. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So luckily, Claire and I were able to carve out some time to jump on the microphone to discuss three major comebacks. Well, <laughs> leave it in. I think it's great. <laughs> Let's contemplate this. Is it a comeback? Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Three major K-pop drops? Is that- I like drops. Yeah. These, are, these are delicious, wonderful, unexpected music drops. Yes. Well, especially one of them. We'll get to that. <laughs> but there was just so much fun stuff happening this week that... How could we not come back with a special recording, a special episode of the Cocoa Pop podcast for everyone, right? I love that we're going back on our recent change of only every other week will you get one of our tantalizing podcasts. And then all of a sudden we're like, JK, JK, there's some really great news thing we have to talk to you right now. (laughs) Gotta jump on. Gotta do it. You know, in all fairness, this is not going to be a traditional episode of the Cocoa Pop podcast. We are not going to go into a deep dive of any one group. We are purely here to watch the videos and give our reaction to the drop. So it's almost a sneak peek for you for some of the groups that we will dive into later on in our journey. So that's exciting. Yeah. It's a mini peek. It's a mini peek preview. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So if you're not already aware, NCT Dream came out with their third EP or mini album on the 26th of July. So last Friday. And their lead single from that EP, We Boom, has just made waves in the K-pop community. So Amazing. Very, very quickly, for anyone who didn't know and wants to go look up some more information, NCT Dream is a subunit of NCT, which is a very large group under SM Entertainment. These are the younger members of the NCT uh, conglomerate, I want to say. <laughs> So they are only in the group until they're age 20, and then they graduate to one of the other subunits of NCT. So we've got now just six members left since Mark, our Canadian NCT Dream member, graduated at the end of 2018. I mean, this feels really special. Like, they've been credentialed to move on. Yeah. (laughs) They've passed, and they're allowed to go on. Otherwise, they just have to stay a child forever. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You're certified fresh. You can go on to be your own subunit yeah they got to graduate from you know they had one of their first singles was called chewing gum and the video <laughs> looks exactly like it sounds oh so wow then when they graduate and they get to go to the like the big leagues i guess with nct they get a little bit more of a mature concept a little bit of a sexier concept so Ooh, i'm sure by the I time c- that they've been jumping around for several years they're ready for that <laughs> i kind of appreciate they're sort of like a now you're ready for sexy mm-hmm. because especially since there is sort of an age requirement Requirement. It it feels appropriate. It feels like oh, okay, we're we're allowed to like reframe our notion of yes. this subunit. <laughs> I appreciate them being responsible with these young kids. hundred <laughs> percent agreed. So this was a huge single. It topped the iTunes charts in twenty six countries. I'm talking Sweden, Russia, Saudi Arabia, which I just realized I spelled wrong on the watch list. Finland, <laughs> Argentina, India, list goes on. Real big fun stuff. And so, Claire, if you are ready, we'll go ahead um, and we'll watch the first special release, the video for NCT Dreams We Boom. I'm so excited. Well, I'm going to mute and I will see you on the other side. Sounds good. All right. Wow. I know. (laughs) I love everything about this video. Like, I want that green leather chair that Jamin's sitting in. I want the corally orange red hair. I want to dance my ass off on a shiny parquet floor. I want to do all of it. (laughs) Wait, did you take sort of a mark of your favorite dance moves? Because there's a few that came up. I was like, oh, 
<laughs> There's one That's part. A sick mood. Yes, there are so many. I, well, I want to hear yours first. I'll add on any ones that I might have noticed that I like. So first impressions, just right off the bat, though, just the sheer number of shots, just <laughs> different scenes that they put in this. I'm just overwhelmed just because that poor site director who's ever <laughs> determining all of the different places they have to shoot mm-hmm. or stage is absolutely insane i can't even understand my my brain is breaking this is how <laughs> intense this is but do you want to watch there, it again no oh my oh, i probably will have to because <laughs> everything is so fragmented it's like i'm missing all of these key moments but there's so much detail and texture and so much thought put into these scenes mm-hmm. for some of them That when there is just a member standing in front of a fully saturated, full-color screen, I'm like, whoa. It's shocking to sort of see that juxtaposed against these highly detailed scenes. So forgive me, because we didn't do the overview of each member. There's second 27. It's like the first time you see just like an all gold or I don't know what color you want to call that. Marigold? (laughs) Yeah. Backdrop. Yeah, that's Jisung. So Jisung Mm -hmm. at seconds 27 and Mm -hmm. at 1 minute and 13 seconds. It's so, and a minute 31 seconds. (laughs) It's it's interesting because it has. Oh, you know what? Hang on a second. You said the first one was 27? uh, 27, yeah. Second 27. I think that might be a different member. So that first one, I'm almost positive, is Jisung. And then the next time they break to the marigold colored background. At 114, right? Yeah. Approximately. Uh, That is Jamin. Jamin, yes. And And Jamin reappears at 131. Yes. Okay, Okay. wow. Okay, I was thinking that was probably Jisung throughout, but I guess. Oh, and then. Someone else at 226. Yeah, and just looking at that, that is. uh, And at 234, we've got Runjin, which I always want to say it's Renjun, but it's apparently pronounced Runjin. So. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so they they mixed it up. I I gotta, you know, you know how at least my understanding is the way that they film these is they have whatever background and they make basically the members stand there and perform whatever piece of the entire song so they can get little clips like for a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. I gotta imagine that after a couple days shooting, they are so sick of the song (laughs) that they never want to hear it again. Oh my gosh, I'd imagine yes. If you look at just the sheer number of different scenes they set up, if they had to record. Every single group shot, mm-hmm. member shot in each of those spaces. I'm not even convinced that all of these elaborate scenes that they've made aren't CGI. <laughs> and so maybe maybe they just, this whole thing was shot in front of this marigold colored backdrop. <laughs> what do they call that? It's chroma, chromoscope, I want to say. Is that what it's called? No, I'm getting it wrong, I'm sure. I can't. Yeah, chromoscope, I think. Mm, maybe not. Let's look this up. Let's refer no, to know. Yeah, to the internet. I mean, I know that they normally use green screen for... But there's like a technical term for using a green screen or a blue screen based on what they're doing. Right. And I read it not too long ago and then went in a little bit of a dive into Wikipedia about how it's done, the different formats it's used in. And now after all of that, I'm totally blanking. I always enjoy our diversions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is an educational podcast. I should change it from music to education. (laughs) Yeah. Chroma King! Crow my king. Oh bitch. Why? Now, yeah. Now that I now that you say that I should have remembered that. <laughs> Chromoscoping is apparently some kind of like X not X-ray, but like 3D thing or something. Oh. Maybe. I was gonna say it sounds know. invasive. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> I got scope. Now, exactly. So I know you the marigold background really caught your eye because it is very striking it's, contrast between yeah, the it, members and the background. The, I think there's only just a couple other scenes where there isn't sort of high detail. And that's when they're doing more of their group scenes. You even get more detail because you can see the floor. So you get the full body view of what their their dance choreography. I just found this to be maybe, and also I can't remember the point of view that the camera director uses in this instance, but it, this is one of the few where it really feels like, no, I want you to cut all this out. Literally all they're doing this entire time is giving the audience deep stares <laughs> and like, <laughs> making eye contact. But I think it's very effective in that 
you can see in other scenes, they're doing these really oversaturated colors. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the few where there's no additional detail. So you really are forced, or I guess you have the most opportunity to engage with that member, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know that the color, though, is the if you notice, the marigold color is reproduced in some of the scenes. Like, so they're in this garage with yep. a brilliant red car, and you can see the gold striping in the garage or wherever they are. Absolutely, so yes. All of, all of the visuals are definitely reinforced. Or maybe this the site director was like, oh, look how awesome this gold striping is in here. Let's make sure that we do a callback to this in the video with the marigold backdrop or the chroma key backdrop, you know? Yeah, there is that thread of gold color through quite a few of the scenes from when they're in the the fancy governor's mansion (laughs) dancing. There's gilded um, woodwork and all sorts of stuff. There's that yellow striping through the parking garage. There's the marigold background, obviously. There's a couple spots where they've got different members in front of like painting with a fancy Mm -hmm. gold frame. There was a couple other ones I saw. Oh, yeah. The ceiling is definitely gold. They're reinforcing a mood for sure oh definitely it's oh it's specifically at yeah for sure it's specifically at minute 228 Mm -hmm. (laughs) i did laugh a little bit Mm -hmm. when just to see a a band members just smile it just feels so um cute cute in a way where it's it was unexpected to me because i think there's so much drama or emotion imparted on their faces throughout, like kind of serious, kind of seductive. And then all of a sudden it just seems like, oh, we're just having fun, hanging out. It seemed really silly to me. <laughs> yeah. And that, that member specifically that you're talking about, at the one with the bright orange hair. Yeah. That's uh, Chun-La. He's one of the Chinese members of the group. And he, that's kind of his personality. So I guess they wanted to make sure they brought that in. He's kind of the always smiley, lighthearted one. I love it. It's kind of like Baby Spice from the Spice Girls. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He is the Baby Spice. (laughs) Give that man a lollipop. Exactly. What do you think about the flaming rose? It was the only time we really saw it. So it's I'm curious to know what the point was, I guess. The the rose was flaming. And then in let me see, I'm going to find it. I gotta go find this rose. Later on, the rose reappears and it's not on fire. So oh, really? when, when do they get a new rose? Oh, I, <laughs> I missed that. I always like the recap of finding it. Where are you? Where is this godforsaken burning rose? Come on. We, we both saw this rose, right? It had to happen. Did we dream it? NCT dream it? Stop. No way. Okay. <laughs> I found the rose. I found the rose. The rose has been found. It is at <laughs> one minute and like two and a half seconds. Like if you go to 101, you're not going to see it. If you go to 103, you're not going to see it. Can I watch it? Well, it will yeah, that. Of course. Go get it. One second. Here it is. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> so scanning through that, I was like, where is this flaming rose? Thank it, you for finding it. Yes. Well, it sounds like the lyrics just before that appears, they make a comment about setting a track on fire. So okay. I guess they heard the word fire and they said, you know what we need to do right now? We need to go full on Blackpink style here and just set some stuff on fire. And then it'll just match somehow, which is not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Other reactions, they're using a lot of different imagery, I'm sure, to evoke a certain emotion or as part of the vision for the video. But there's just so much intrigue around why you would have, say, a dog staring at you (laughs) in one minute and 54 seconds. I made a note. I'm like, what is the dog doing? (laughs) Dog is watching Jeno. Yeah. He's just like, I, you know, intrigue. Just so much intrigue here. No, Do you have favorite dance moves? Because I really, can I play this video one more time? I think at minute 201, I was like, ooh. Yeah, of course. Ooh, sidestep and then the, sh- like the hand toss by the shoulder. Yeah, I like, and then the synchronized hand clapping with the music. Yeah. Yeah, between uh, Jeno and Jamin, they kind of share that part where they're clapping just right on beat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I is love like it. something you'd expect from a kindergartner. I'm like, good job, you guys. It's so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I also, I think I found, I want to draw attention to one very sick dance move. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I think it's at near 255. <laughs> is that yes. when they go crazy? Oh, yes. yes. This is it. 
This is like out of the whole video. This is like, oh my gosh, that's so rad. What I love though, I can't tell which which member it is, but there is one person who has not fully made the twist. Everyone <gasps> else, I feel like, is in the in the right V formation, but he's just a little behind. <laughs> which one? When you're looking at the formation, the flying V, is that what you're talking yes. about? Which yes. one is it? Um, sort of in the middle, 257, wearing a bandana. That's Chun-La. I feel bad. He's a fraction of a second, either ahead or behind. Not sure, but... Oh, <laughs> poor either, guy. Well, crying. just at that second, though. Yeah. But, I mean, it is one of those moves where you're just like, oh, my word. What is happening? Everybody's going <laughs> crazy. No, I see what you're saying. Because it does... There's something about it, the first time I saw it, that seemed almost a little bit disorganized. And I wonder if it's not my eye picking up him just being a fraction of a second off. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Did you also look at the cake? Yes. That cake is just dreamy. There's been a lot of discussion. People are very emotional about that whole scene there because that's Jisung. He's the youngest member of all these very young members of NCT. And so everyone said that represents when he turns 20, all the members will have already gone. And so everyone's like, I'm crying. And it is kind of sad. Like, he'll be the last one. They'll bring in new members, I'm sure. That is super deep. I was basically (laughs) at that. That cake looks delicious. It's like, hold up. Let's talk about that cake some more. (laughs) It's a beauty. That's for sure. How Mm -hmm. do they get those peaks so peaky? Perfect whipped meringues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Man, I really wish Caitlin was on this call. She would be able to tell us how they got those peaky peaks. I know. Like, it's made out of styrofoam. And so that's why they look perfect. I want, Maybe. To, I want to believe it's real. In my heart, it is real. And I'm having a <laughs> slice of it right now. So, <laughs> I feel like this is a song that I would definitely put on a running playlist. Maybe it's a little slow at a couple times. But the big boom, 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 part at the end, really. Yeah. I think it could make it onto the running playlist. Oh, okay. heck yeah. Is this, a, is this a re-listen for you? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Heck yeah. I mean, purely because there's just so much to look at. I, I don't know if I'd be distracted running. I'd be like looking at this video again. What I like about it is there's room to grow. Mm-hmm. It sort of has one of those nice buildups. I can see where they went with this. I like it. Very good. So that was NCT Dreams We Boom. I've been reading up on this NCT Dream controversy. Uh, we don't we don't want to hit on that. It was juicy. And I was like, what? Oh, well, we can talk about it. It's very, very big. So maybe it's a good time to talk about it. We'll go over it. We'll go over it. And we'll dig into the, the high level stuff, but we'll revisit it. I don't know. I was just yeah. intrigued. Yeah, it's big. So there has been a lot of controversy surrounding NCT Dream this last week. And because of that, there's been sort of an outpouring of anti-SM entertainment comments about a rhetoric on social media. Fans are basically screaming for SM to treat their artists properly. This all stems from a few seconds of video taken by fans uh, on the outside of a, one of the TV studios there in Seoul. It was after NCT Dream finished filming on the music show Inkigayo. They were all walking to one of the cars and one of the female managers took a spot in the first car with the other members, leaving Runjin out in the rain with no jacket, no umbrella, and looking very confused because he didn't know where the second car was. And people are outraged. They are calling for this female manager to be fired. Wow. There's Twitter hashtags calling for SM to start respecting their artists, especially the the foreign non-Korean artists, as Runjin is, because this was kind of a callback to EXO when they lost their three Chinese members. All of them left and then filed lawsuits against SM. Whoa. So what they felt was very poor treatment. Oh, my word. Well, so my initial reaction to this controversy was, is it kind of misplaced outrage? Is it really sort of devastating to not be in the same vehicle without an umbrella or rain jacket? Is it life threatening? But but I can see with the nuance around if this is sort of one of many infractions or one of many examples that SM does from time to time, it's just in poor taste or disorganized enough or even just truly at targeting specific members and not giving them fair treatment in that type of carpooling scenario. <laughs> in a vacuum, honestly, it's probably almost 100 degrees in Seoul at a given 
in moment. So if it was raining, he probably would not have been wearing a jacket no matter where he was at or who he was with. And because the way the video is shot and edited and being shared around, it looks like he's running through a parking lot very confused for a long time. It may have only been like three seconds. You're not able to really grasp the severity of the situation based on what's being said and shared online. So I will, I'll just say that. But you kind of hit the nail on the head with there was another incident that preceded this where Ranjin was uh, on a V-Live with the rest of the members of NCT Dream. And he was talking about a recent trip he had made during one of their breaks and also mentioning one of the members of NCT. So NCT, and I don't want to go too far in depth with this because we will do a big NCT deep dive, but NCT is kind of this umbrella for a whole bunch of subunits. So there's NCT 127. Mm-hmm. NCT Dream is the under 20s. There's Weishen V or Wavy is NCT, but in China. And then mm-hmm. there's also, they pick and choose from all of the different subunits to make almost like project groups called NCTU. And those can be at any given release, hodgepodge of any members. Whoever fits that song and is available, they'll pull them and they'll do a special project in NCTU. And the next time it'll be a completely different group in NCTU. It's a little confusing. We'll go more in depth later on. But Win-Win is a member of NCT. He initially, when NCT 127 debuted, he was in one NCT 127. But once all the primarily Chinese members moved over and established Wavy in China, they moved Win-Win out of 127 and into Wavy. And I don't know all the background on it, but people kind of tend to lean to the side of that Win-Win was kind of mistreated and kicked out or pushed to the side. So anyway, back to the point of this recent drama. Runjin was talking about his vacation and it looked like maybe he was sharing some pictures, but he mentioned Win-Win. So my understanding is maybe Win-Win was with the group that went on this vacation. And what people say is on the V-Live, you can clearly hear a female manager telling Runjin to shut up but the word she used is the equivalent of shut the F up. Oh my. Or like, don't mention win-win. So it's like two-sided. Not only how dare a member of the staff talk to one of the actual artists like that, and then also how dare they try to like wipe win-win's memory out of NCT. So that did not help the situation when this carpooling scenario popped up. People are Certainly defi- not. Yeah, they're definitely taking this as look at how bad he's being treated. I, I don't know what the truth truth is, I will tell you that based on what's being shared, it doesn't look good (laughs) based on what the Chinese members of EXO went through several years ago. Is there maybe some sort of systematic prejudice or, you know, mistreatment to members that are not Korean members? I don't know. It feels a little icky, right? Because what we see is this beautiful, glossy view of anything that's shared with the outside world in their videos. And it's less frequent that we really see how the sausage is made in terms of (laughs) it as a business and how these individuals are actually treated in order to serve the purpose of creating the product or the art, the music, whatever, however you want to frame this. And sometimes it really isn't pretty. And sometimes it's, it's always really upsetting to see beloved artists who maybe aren't treated, sometimes even with respect or sometimes in some situations, just even on a very human level, like it really is interesting to sort of have, maybe it's a fabricated or a skewed perception of what happened in this instance, but capture enough of them. And you really do start to form an opinion about whether or not SM is having their artists' best interests at heart, or if they're truly in it just for whatever we as viewers consume. Yeah, just basically wringing as much money as they can out of these young artists and then kind of not really properly reimbursing them or treating them. And there's there's a lot more to say on this subject that we will definitely hit on in future episodes. There has been a lot of change in the K-pop industry over just even the last decade from their government passing laws saying that these entertainment companies can't pass what they're calling uh, slave contracts because they start training when they're so young sometimes, yes. right? Yeah. Having them sign like 10-year contracts that were just completely favoring the company. Yeah. And 
the way it works in K-pop is when you debut as an artist, before you begin making any money, you have to pay the company back for everything that they put in to getting you to that point. So all your room and board, <gasps> your dance instructors, your singing instructors, filming, costumes, makeup, plastic surgery, whatever they put into you, you have to pay them off. And then after that is paid off, you start getting some split of... Well, that seems so ripe for abuse because these small children can't really decide how the company wants them to develop and before they're ready for the market you know they're making an investment because they're hoping to see them be successful and then make a return for them it seems super duper unfair Mm -hmm. to sort of dictate everything that they have to go through both personally physically Mm -hmm. in order to be a contributing member to something that they've had an idea of how they want to produce the whole time i mean ew i know i didn't I did not like that. I think that's quite unfair. I think if the, if SM really does want or w- whatever sort of sponsoring organization is saying is going into building up this impressive group mm-hmm. that's ready to hit mainstream media, they should be going all in in those people. And if they have some losses, that's on them. It's not at the responsibility of the children that they recruit for this. I am 100% on board. That's the cost of doing business. If you invest in someone and it ends up not working out or someone gets injured in the contracts, if somebody were to, from when they're 15 to when they're 19, decide the right thing for me for a variety of reasons is for me to go to school, they have to pay back the company not as a debuted idol making some money, they have to figure out some way to pay back the company to walk That's away. so wrong. Yeah. So what I have been hearing is that there have been some changes and there are some entertainment companies that are better than others as far as even if there is still that debt right from debut, they will at least start splitting the profits, but then some amount of whatever they're earning will go to paying back the company. Hopefully more companies will adopt that. It sounds like the South Korean government has been, like I said, getting involved and trying to change it with passing some laws to protect people in the entertainment industry. So that is good. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Oh my gosh, but. that's some serious drama behind the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to. I mean, there's so much to say about it. And there's yeah. so much history there. And there are scandals and outrage and lawsuits. And we'll definitely get to that more in depth later on. But that is one of the reasons people know that these trainees put in years of work, get very little reward for so long. And then to see things like this, it compounds and just, they're like, this is an outrage that you'd be treating somebody like this at this point. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's the the controversy at the moment. We shall see. SM Entertainment has yet to make any sort of public statement. Oh my gosh. Um, Let's see if they do it. They probably feel like, who cares? We're going to do what we do. But I love that the fans spoke up. They said something, calling out injustice, even if in this instance without knowing the full background, they're probably much more in tune with the machine behind supporting these artists and are calling it as they see it, as a no, no, no. These artists paid their dues or even just you cannot perpetuate this type of treatment when they're high visibility artists. They should never do it. But just Mm -hmm. at this point, call it like they see it. Yeah. Hopefully if they don't even make a response, they just know, oh, the optics of this is not good. Yeah. So we need to at least show that we're taking care of the members in some sort of way. Really what they should do is if they're going to have these kids sign contracts, I don't know if 18 is considered adult in a lot of legal ways like it is here in America and Korea, but whatever that turning point is when now you're an adult in society, they should be allowed to, at that point, recompete or negotiate and go from there as a little bit older and having a different view on what's going on. Totally. Yeah. In agreement. Well, that was a little bit of a downer. So (laughs) I think maybe now... I'm fired up. I'm like thinking about this from like a whole new perspective right now. You're going to see me in the comments now, guys. How dare you do this to Renton? I could not stand for this. Let's boycott SM. Yeah, like it's it's intense. Every post is yeah. just like bad mouthing SM and supporting the members, which is hey, I'm I'm hoping it'll force some some change. Heck yeah. yeah. Change for the better is what we're looking for. That's right. Well, so shall we move on to our next group, Itzy? Yes, let's do it. ITZY is a girl group under JYP Entertainment. It is made up of five members. 
and Icy. It's the lead single from their debut EP. It's mm-hmm. Icy, which was released on July 29th. Amazing. So. A quick question, mm-hmm. because we're throwing around a lot of entertainment groups that are supporting all these great artists. Mm-hmm. Is JYP also the entertainment group supporting BTS or Blackpink? No. <laughs> no, neither. Neither. Got yeah. it. Got it. <laughs> so there's tons of different entertainment companies. Okay. But there are three that are known as the big three. That is mm-hmm. SM Entertainment, so mm-hmm. NCT Dream, NCT, Red Velvet, EXO, they're all SM artists. Mm-hmm. JYP has groups such as GOT7, Stray Kids, ITZY, TWICE, so they've got several very popular groups. YG is the other of the top three, and that has Blackpink, Winner, Icon, it had Big Bang back when, before all of that scandal, which we'll get to at another time. BTS is under Big Hit Entertainment, which doesn't have as many groups as the other ones, because BTS has basically done the job of all of them. It's, in fact, they, the they, whole thing. yeah, and especially for the last couple of years, they earn more in a year by themselves for their company than all the groups earn for the other companies, I think it's I saw. So, so, yeah, they have a few new groups that are coming out. I'm not familiar enough on Big Hit's other groups, right, at the moment. I'm sure we'll get there, but there are several other entertainment companies out there that do have very famous groups, but basically there's those big three. SM, JYP, and YG. That's Got what people Good. mostly pay attention to. And okay. So let's I'm watch for- Itsy's Icy. This is definitely a, a fun, colorful music video, so hopefully you will enjoy. This is a follow-up. They had a debut, debut single called Dala Dala that came out earlier this year, and that's a really good watch, too. We'll, we'll get to that when we actually get to our Itsy episode, but, you know, if you're just on a roll and you want to check out Dala Dala later, I wouldn't blame you. It's very fun. It's a good, catchy beat. But Icy is it for today. Oh, I'm ready. All right. So I will mute and we'll see you on the other side. All right. Fun and poppy, right? (laughs) So fun. So poppy. I really felt like this was the Snapchat filter (laughs) version of K-pop that I haven't seen yet. Oh, yes. Like the little animated pops or elements throughout. Give it a like real fun flair. Yeah. Colors. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So this one, I mean, what I found kind of interesting, are you familiar with the pop artist Roy Lichtenstein? Uh Uh-uh. I'm sure if you looked him up, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know who this guy is. He's sort of famous in this, I guess at the same time around Andy Warhol, would do this style of art where it sort of mimicked comic book artistry or printing. So you'd get bold colors, geometric shapes, like circles to help create fills. Mm -hmm. So it looked kind of drawn in. It provided texture, all of these things. But it had that blam or kapow (laughs) type of typography in there as well. And I felt like that's sort of a style aesthetic they were going for. So I didn't know that that was attributed to that individual. But I do know of what you're talking about. And I would agree with you. Yeah, Yeah. it's got, I don't want to say it has a retro flair necessarily but just yeah, very colorful just yeah it just sort of poppy. it really felt yeah. like now what you can do sort of with every what seems like a lot of social media is you could just like add this sort of text effect mm-hmm. over it to help reinforce feeling or whether or not it's feeling or just communicate something i just i really i think that was sort of stylistically what they were going for is pop filter mm-hmm. some sort of emphasis even this is the first time i think i've seen icy as a 3d block letter coming at you just when they start the video in case you didn't know this is what you're watching there's so much happening in this video i think it's definitely supposed to be a summer bop right it's fun it's bright it's fast moving you want to dance to it a little bit nothing super dramatic no long drawn out solos in this one just fun pop yeah the thing i also found really interesting here too is interesting integration of very western style maybe maybe even just you have what i think 
looks like obvious Americans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think some of the gesture of going in front of this like panel of people is like, hey, we're here. We've arrived. Or when they're dancing on the roof and they have everyone's attention who's like, what's going on on top of that roof party? Yes, that and even just the part where they focus on the people from the bus yes. looking at, yeah, it's, we are definitely here and <laughs> take notice. You just have to get on board. It does have a very Western feel to it because I believe it was filmed in LA. Which, but. No, I think it's it's interesting from the perspective of K-pop being such a global force mm-hmm. too, I think is a statement video, right? Hey, we're here. We've arrived. This, uh, this video also has some amazing cuts mm-hmm. where these members had to be on their mark so specifically mm-hmm. and like the setup had to be just right so they could interchange the background on these very fast-moving cut scenes. And they're perfectly in position. You know what I mean? Yeah, you are so right. What you just said reminded me. I think it's worth taking this few seconds. I'm going to send you the link for the teaser for Icy that they released sometime before the video actually dropped. If you, <laughs> you want to talk about being on your mark, let's pause and watch this real quick. And I think it'll even help round that out even more. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think I like the teaser as much as I like the video. (laughs) I know. That's like when I absolutely 100% fell in love with those holographic boots that I think it's Yeji is wearing. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Heck yeah. I just love that it's just a bunch of people in this office being like, (laughs) what? What is happening? (laughs) There's the one guy with the longer hair. He's motioning and he's like, what are you guys doing out there? (laughs) I I love that. And I love the idea that you'd be in your sad cubicle in your office and you'd actually take the time to look out the window at a hundred yards away being like, oh, something's happening out there. (laughs) In that at the beginning of the teaser when they're in the office and they're tapping each other to go to the window, you can actually hear their first single Dala Dala playing in the background, which I didn't pick up before. So I thought I was like, oh, Oh, callback fans. It's too funny. It's kind of like, have you ever witnessed in real life when they've done like the flash mob and people are just like, what is happening (laughs) right now? And I think I is doing a little bit of a flash mob. <laughs> I think you're right. Rooftop flash mob. I like it. The style, like the fashions throughout this video, I kept making notes. Just oh heck yeah, the ball gown with the sneakers. That whole look was awesome. We already talked about the holographic boots. I'm all in there for it. They another throwback to some baby spice ness. Oh hell yeah, the so girl much- with the huge chunky platform shoes. Those were amazing. Yes. And even some sporty spice in there, too, with these just so much midriff bearing tops. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is fun. I'm excited to see Itzy is a relatively new group. Like I said, this is their first album and second music video that I've seen for them. So I'm really interested to see what else they do and how the rest of It's Icy is received and looking forward to when we do our deep dive for them. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Awesome. Anything else that you'd like to share on this one? Not so much controversy surrounding Etsy yet. (laughs) I think it would be fun to do a little lead in the next time we revisit Etsy and then just sort of look at this compared to what they come out with next, Mm -hmm. you know, because this was I really do think this is sort of an interesting statement video. And we'll see if this is part of their aesthetic, their brand, or if it's just unique to this. Yeah, yeah, a one-off. A one-off for for this drop. Yeah. Once we get a little bit more from them, we'll definitely be able to see what's their their agenda. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So our last item on this special episode watch list, it's not a music video, but it is a lyric video of a remix of Lil Nas X's Old Town Road. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm sure you're familiar, right? (laughs) So familiar. It's on my playlist. I wake up to it every morning. Well, this just, you know what? This one you might have to add right after that one because it's super, super good. Okay. This remix is featuring RM of BTS. This time. And they've retitled it Soul Town Road. I I prefer it Soul Town Road to Old Town Road. (laughs) Have you heard this at all? Because it's been really big. People have been freaking out about this. No. No? Oh, wow. Now I I feel bad. No, 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 no. no. I think it's awesome because you're going to get it fresh, right? Okay. okay. So 
just for anyone who is completely been out of the loop, Old Town Road is one of the biggest hits of 2019. It's gone triple platinum. It's just broken records as it entered its 17th week as number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And that beats out any of the previous title holders, which I think was just One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men back in 1995. Oh my uh, God. And more recently, Justin Bieber's remix version or whatever of Despacito. And so this is a really, really cool remix. I love it. And I hope you will enjoy it as well, especially if you're an Old Town Road fan as it is. I think that you'll enjoy it. Okay. Let's mute and we'll check it out and then I'll see you on the other side. All right. All right. So remember all the controversy around whether or not this Lil Nas song was a country song. Um, Yes. Did you hear all the hype around that? I heard a bit, and I'm not super well-versed on that, but I did hear that, like, well, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> Which to me seems ridiculous, but what's your thoughts? To me, just the explicit lyrics and just everything that country music embodies, I would say, yeah, this is a country song. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was saying no, or I guess some of the controversy or the argument against it was absolutely not because the underlying beat is suggestive of rap and that's who the artist is and that's sort of the intention or it's crossover or whatever. So it's kind of interesting though. Now it's sort of got even more crossover global intrigue around having Soul Town Road. I really don't quite get where when it it features rm of bts when you only have a lyric video you're like oh yes i can see that's rm of bts (laughs) oh so his voice is pretty recognizable so for people who are fans of bts even without seeing a video of him singing lyrics they're like oh my gosh it's rm so they can they can pick up his voice out of nowhere apparently what's a distinctive voice for you where it doesn't matter if they're just making like an audio blip on a song, you'd be like, I know exactly who that is. Probably. Well, my two like bias individuals from EXO, Lei and Baekhyun. I I don't know if in another artist's song, if they just had a small trill, that was them. I don't know. I can't say that I would pick it up for sure. But Mm -hmm. within the EXO songs, even though multiple voices are singing, I can pick out Baekhyun and Lei's voices out of the rest of them. I am so impressed. I feel like I can only tell when it's, these are probably two actors that nobody on this podcast who's listening will know, but if it's Gilbert Godfrey or <laughs> Bobcat, I can be like, oh, those are those two guys. Don't but underestimate that, our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> those are probably the two distinct voices that I can be like, yes, those are those two people. Girl, we're going to get you on board. You are going to be a full-on K-pop stan. You're going to know all of the members of NCT, forwards and backwards, and any hair color. You're going to know voices. We're going to get you there. So don't you worry. I did, speaking of just the fact that there's not a music video for this remix, I sent you a link to a video Mm -hmm. that I'd shared the night that this dropped on our Instagram. If you want to try to see if you can pull it up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was like something from a TV show or an ad that RM had done. But they took it and edited it <laughs> to make it specific to this song. So oh my gosh! Okay, it, via Instagram, right? Yeah. Okay, should I? Sh- can I watch it now? Yeah, yeah, do it. I absolutely love the corn. (laughs) And then you see the purple horse. So like on Spotify, the cover for this remix has the piece of the original cover, but then they also have the purple horse next to it. And the purple is the representative color for BTS. So Mm -hmm. that, and then they have the horse dancing there next to RM in that little clip, which I thought was funny. So yes, I hope that we get like something. If it's not a video, maybe a special I don't know, at a, a music award show or something. Maybe they'll do a little <laughs> a little duet. That would be amazing. So we'll I would see. love that. Yeah, I thought that this was great. And, you know, RM is just so super talented. Oh, my gosh. The more and more I learn about BTS, the more and more I'm impressed. Even looking at the lyrics of this one, a lot of people are talking about just how clever he is and the play on words. Just even as simple as he says at one point, 
with my homies in your backyard. Homie is one of the many words that they have for like an actual gardening tool in Korean. Oh. <laughs> and then I don't know that that is necessarily super clever, but I can see why people are saying that based on some of the other videos and the other lyrics that I've been researching on BTS. He is just an he, he's a genius. He, I mean, he's an actual genius, but then he's also a really good lyricist. So I thought that that was interesting and people are really down for this song. And I think it's cool. But one thing I wanted to mention is back when you were stating about, you know, the controversy between is this country or is this yeah. you know, hip hop or what is this? So there's been some controversy in Korea, in K-pop, about a recent artist that debuted as a soloist. She is Russian. She's full Russian. Uh Oh, and so they're like, they're like, this is not, you know, Korean music if it's, but that seems so strange because they recruit so many different bands everywhere to sort of fill this like great void for that particular member, you know, like, or it can only be filled by that member, I should say. You're exactly right. So at what point makes a song fall underneath a specific genre? Is it the lyrics? Is it the beat? Is it the ethnicity of the singer? Is it the place that the song was recorded? Or is it what the artist intends it to be? To me, it's what the artist intends it to be. Yeah, I agree. I think stylistically, I mean, I think K-pop is the genre and that it's also an aesthetic and it's also all of the elements together Mm -hmm. makes it true to K-pop. I don't think it the origin story or ethnicity of the member. That's such a small part of what makes it fit in with this genre, with this style. Yeah. I I personally think the more crossovers, the more exploration, I am all the way here for it. At the root of it, I think I'm a fan of K-pop and the songs we've been listening to because they're just good songs. Whether they're ballads, whether they're pop songs, dance songs, whatever they are. And it's just good content. And it shares some aspects of cultures and there's a blending of cultures. And how can that be bad? Maybe that's naive for me to say, but there's goodness that comes of that. And people kind of really saying, no, 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 no. This is K-pop. You're not part of it. You're something else. Stay out of it. Well, do you you like the song or not? You know what I mean? Right. Is it even Western style anymore? Is it just music? I don't know. I just think when we get into these conversations about is this authentic? Is this, you know, does this actually qualify as Mm -hmm. something? It also opens the question of are you allowed to experience this, enjoy this if you are not a part of this? It sounds exclusionary in a way where I hope that it's not frowned upon as sort of someone who's really interested, genuinely enjoys experiencing and watching this, that maybe maybe there'd be, you know, come into question whether I'm allowed to experience this and enjoy it because I'm not part of that space, that genre, you know? So it's sort of, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's sort of the emphasis of encouraging sort of a more openness perspective of what this is and like who can participate in the genre. Cause I think we talk about appropriation a lot, mm-hmm. or I think that's a topic that's discussed a lot in popular culture about whether or not it's appropriate um, or hmm, to, I don't want to say appropriate appropriation, but um, <laughs> whether it's in good taste or even it should be allowed to, take something that doesn't feel authentic from the origin source and, and use that as part of, you know, I guess, current art form. And I do think it's important if it's done with respect, if it's done to sort of share enjoyment and sort of spread the an appreciation for something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, again, everyone else should feel the feels, think about it, but really if we're moving in the direction of just trying to be more open and what's best for people and letting other people experience how joyful and awesome this genre is, maybe we should just be more open who gets to participate in this art form too. Yeah. I mean, and I would say in general, I agree with you, Claire. It's, again, speaking generally, what you said, I've I'm like right on the mark with it. It, There is some sensitivity that I can see where people are coming from is that if it's something that if one culture does, it's looked down on. So Mm -hmm. is it fair if that's part of our culture and it's something that we're maybe looked down on upon for it? 
but then you take it and it's cool and it's celebrated. So I can see yeah. where there's a disconnect there because it's yeah. like something that there's people that are currently experiencing. Mm-hmm. I think in, again, totally from an outsider perspective, kind of looking in on it, I've never had to experience any sort of you know prejudice against me because of this, that, or the other thing. So to see somebody else take that and be like, wow, that's awesome. I'm, it's so cool that they did that. And I'm like, hey, what about me over here? I, I, I don't have a, an experience that's popping to mind, at least, about that, something like that. So it's, it's just such a touchy subject, right? Totally. And so a lot of the different controversies that have kind of come up of artists doing different things and maybe offending some people, especially as their audience gets larger. It sounds like some of the companies are taking on different like cultural awareness training for their artists, especially if they're sending them out to other countries to perform. So Mm -hmm. I think that that can only help. And hopefully we'll see things change. And as people are more familiar, not only with the artists, the artists more familiar with the cultures, maybe there'll be even more blending and more harmony. Is that what I want? Harmonious. Harmonious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, I've been talking too much now. So anyway. Anyway. Not at all. These are good things to keep in mind. We should all be looking at this through a specific lens of openness, but, but also keep in mind that there is history here. And I think everyone deserves just to be heard and to sort of see the merits of what it, what it means to sort of have someone come into this space and represent something that has, has tradition or is sort of even burgeoning art form and just saying this is something that does this art form justice. Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree with you. Yeah, all good, all good points. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that was the end of our three big drops, our K-pop drops for this last, what, five days. So mm-hmm. we went a little longer than I anticipated, but, you know, just you start one and it's just so much there's so much to k-pop which is why this podcast is so interesting to me just to kind of like dive in and really explore it and get somebody else's take on it so oh yeah a a noob like me (laughs) someone who's just still just a baby when it comes to really exploring this but no i mean it's evolving so fast that from one day the next we're all babies so (laughs) i loved it we're the nct dream of (laughs) k-pop exactly (laughs) we're just all baby spices (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so much claire for jumping on i know after a busy day this is probably not what you necessarily had in mind i had a blast (laughs) yay i think it is a fun little treat to get your thoughts on these more recent drops because we have so many groups to go through that it might be a while before we actually touch on any of these and these are these are hot drops can I say drops? These are hot, hot drops. Hot Gotta K-pop catch those drops. hot drops. <laughs> 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 All right. We are slated to record again this weekend our Blackpink In Your Area episode three. Real quick (laughs) notes for anyone who's listening. You can find our watch lists, links to all our social media, contact information on our website, thecocopop.com. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is the same for both of those. It's cocopop underscore podcast. And we will be back next week with our final Blackpink episode. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye.